Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome <laughs> to the Broncos Binge Podcast. A podcast for those who bleed orange and blue. This one's for John. Produced locally in Denver, Colorado. Now, now. here's your hosts, Rachel Strand and Dalton Coble. Hello Broncos country and welcome to the Broncos Binge Podcast, the Denver Broncos podcast made by fans for fans. I am your host Rachel Strand and I am also here with my co-host Dalton Coble. The Broncos just had their third consecutive loss, this time to another division rival. This loss makes the Broncos 0-2 on the season when facing AFC West opponents. It's actually really hard to put into words just how I feel about this loss, that's how disappointed I am. I guess mix in some sadness and anger and that's kind of my current state of emotions right now. But before before we discuss my Broncos-related depression, let's update on some injuries. Last night, special teams standout Aaron Patrick tore his ACL while trying to avoid walloping a media member on the sidelines. His cleat got stuck in some turf slash carpeting on the sideline, and he tore his ACL in the process. I've honestly lost count of how many ACL-related injuries the Broncos have had this season, but I know we are nearing 10 players out for the season with blown ACLs. Russell Wilson sustained another injury, this time regarding his hamstring. He is concerned considered day-to-day, but after he sustained the injury in the game, his performance significantly declined. So now we're going to move on to our reaction to the previous Broncos game. So, Dalton, that was rough, (laughs) to put it lightly. It was another rough outing for the Broncos. Another game where the defense tried its best 
to bail out the offense, and the, the offense just struggled. This defense is top five. I will. This de- there's no way around it. This defense is just that good. But it starts getting tired because the offense can't stay on the field. I really thought after the first, like the first drive, and Greg Dolch just got a touchdown. I was like, oh, this is it. This is this is the this is the defining moment it's where it clicking. all comes to. It's clicking. Oh my, oh my God. And I, I tried on my Twitter. I tried to keep the fans together. I was preaching and praising. I was like, come on, we can do it. Oh man, I look like a fool now. Yeah, uh, definitely. Russ was cooking in the first half. You know how everybody's like, let, let Russ cook. He was cooking in the first half. And I think he didn't have an incompletion in the entire first half. And then we had water thrown into the grease. And we had a huge out of control grease fire. I have... No idea what happened during halftime, what they did, or why they made changes, because it was working. And um, apparently, relating back to the when we mentioned the injuries earlier, Russell Wilson knows when the hamstring issue happened. It happened when he was scrambling for his life, thanks to the offensive line. We'll get to talking about the offensive line here in a minute, but he tweaked his hamstring when he was scrambling and now he's considered day-to-day so it kind of leaves me concerned just how injured he is I don't think they will reveal it especially because we don't want to give the Jets an upper hand in their preparation so I I personally think that he is a little bit more injured than we once believed yeah, me too. Um, it looked he was under throwing balls a lot last last night. The KJ Hamler throw, the the play where he was scrambling for his life and then launched it, tried to launch it deep to KJ Hamler, and KJ caught it because he slowed down. But like that ball was like twenty yards under thrown. That's maybe me being dramatic, but it was severe. That was a Tua year one moment right there. <laughs> yeah, and what sucks is KJ had those two defenders beat. If Wilson would have hit him in stride, that would have been an easy touchdown. He had both defenders absolutely cooked, but uh, KJ had to slow down, and he ha- it was. if you actually look at the catch, it was actually quite a remarkable catch, because he kind of had to look up over his head and do some weird head movement to turn around and catch it, and he still got it, but it was a huge play, which I love to see, and I honestly think we are criminally underusing KJ Hamler. Like, I think he needs to be incorporated into the playbook way more, and use him in a Tyreek Hill type role, but unfortunately, we're we're just not using him. I don't know why. I don't know what the deal is with the playbook. Actually, there's a lot wrong with the playbook right now. That's a whole different story, but I really wish we'd be using KJ Hamler a lot more. Yeah, me too. Uh, he's been kind of underwhelming this year. I just think that's because of lack of playtime. We've been using a lot of odd t- amounts of tight ends, I've noticed. I don't know if that's me being crazy. Tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but no, I do I believe we're using are. a lot of tight ends, and we have a lot of wide receivers that are up and coming. Kendall Hinton's not bad. KJ Hamler is really fast. Jerry Judy's an amazing route runner. Corlin Sutton is just that guy. And if Tim Patrick was playing, Tim Patrick is also that guy. So I don't know why we're using so many tight ends. Maybe because the O-line sucks and they're trying to get more blocking because the offensive line is terrible. Mike Munchek left a gaping hole and whatever happened. Garrett Bowles regressed, got hurt. Dalton Reisner doesn't look good. He looks all right. Uh, no, he Lord doesn't. Christian he doesn't Gary, look all right. Uh, he, he looks meh. It's only six weeks. He looks Come awful. On. The entire offensive line looks awful. It's- 
Like there's no way bottom to put it. Par. It's, it's not bottom par. It's it's not even it's like I would say it could easily be the worst, like at least bottom three. And it's so funny because Russell Wilson came from Seattle, which had a abysmal offensive line for a majority of the time he was there. And I'm like, oh, he's coming to the Broncos where he'll have some better protection and he's literally getting the same treatment and I know we've sustained a ton of injuries uh, along the offensive line but holy cow do they suck and I think like just the one like the epitome of just how bad the offensive line is was one play last night where I think the, the linebacker for the Chargers name was Drew Tranquil I think and he came unblocked and just slammed Russell Wilson to the ground. Russell Wilson had no chance. He literally snapped the ball and was already down. The defender came unblocked and the play was dead before it even started. And a couple times. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, if that doesn't summarize the entire Broncos offensive line, I don't know what does. And I think people need to realize just how much this offensive line is actually hindering this offense. I am not saying at all that they are the sole reason for our problems, but they are a large part like this offense will only go as far as the offensive line will let it go. And so far, it's not letting it go very well because you do need to give your quarterback time. Now, this that's a whole nother story because there has been so many screenshots of Russell Wilson missing wide open receivers that are literally right in front of his face. And it kind of concerns me. I think Dalton mentioned in a previous podcast that he's so sticky to Cortland Sutton, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it is a bad thing when there are open receivers and Sutton is covered. I don't know what his deal is with him missing these open wide receivers. I think last night he missed a wide open Greg Dulcich on a key third down that they needed to convert on and he just it was literally maybe five six yards in front of his face right at the first down marker wide open uncovered and he missed him. It wasn't the fact that he overthrew the ball he just Rachel he just he just didn't see him and I it's just it's rather concerning. Let me let me get some words in please I know you're mad but please (laughs) I'm hating I can tell me too. Low key, I'm getting there with you because I'm gonna add another another card to your hand of problems that I think doesn't allow any sense. I don't think this team does halftime adjustments. There's no way we do. There's no way we change anything. We play the exact same way all four quarters, and you can't do that. Mm-hmm. The Chargers halftime adjusted and realized what was good and against our offense and what was bad. So they literally took what was good and kept doing it. And that's the thing that also drives me nuts is the Chargers aren't that good. Herbert didn't throw no, a single. No, they're not. Herbert didn't throw a he, single touchdown last night. And Brandon Staley is not a good coach. And somehow we literally it was a battle of who was the dumber coach. And unfortunately, Hackett won that battle. Brandon Staley is on the hot seat. There's a good chance he could have lost his job if the Chargers lost last night. But here we are. Oh, they got no the way. win. Yes, no way. his seat is that is hot. He, is it that hot? It is. He's really under fire. The, the Chargers aren't that good. I will stand by that statement. Uh. Now, don't get me wrong, Justin Herbert and Austin, the team on paper is phenomenal, yeah. yes, but I think it's just coaching kind of like us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm starting to just like Nathaniel Hackett. He looks like he's in over his head. I don't I don't know what happened. He's just in over his head. I don't know what happened either because I was a big Hackett fan coming into the season. I was a big fan of the hire and something happens somewhere along the line. Like we are honestly going through like the worst case scenario right now. Our <laughs> But I don't well, want to. It's not the worst case. No, 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 no. It it's is. not the worst case. No, 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 no. Not yet. Not yet. Because there are still signs that this offense can be good. Like that's what makes me so mad. 
There's signs that this could be a beautiful thing. It's just something's holding it back and I can't pinpoint the exact thing to, that's holding it back. I don't, it's the offensive line. Russell Wilson's kind of hurt. Russell Wilson's blind. Nathaniel Hackett looks <laughs> over his head. What? Maybe it is the worst case scenario. Maybe you are right. The one thing that I didn't like that George Payton did at the beginning of the season was, was pay Russell Wilson without playing a single snap yeah. in our in our dome and our in our field that i don't i don't know why we decided to do that because he was still under contract i would have i'd have been really happy not paying him and seeing what what the hell he's gonna do before looking like a villain and bank robbing us because the league is making him out to look like a damn scam artist because he kind of looks like a scam artist right now but i'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt yeah it is year one i try to remain somewhat optimistic but it's really hard right now honestly and it sucks because we are the butt of a lot of jokes right now and i really don't like that <laughs> but going back to what i said about the worst case scenario uh i don't want people to say oh that's an overreaction shut up rachel it kind of is like if you thought of all the possible outcomes before the season nobody really predicted this like this has gone so far south it's kind of amazing like not good amazing but it's kind of amazing because most fans thought you know unrealistically that the team would win the Super Bowl and that wasn't me I thought we would do pretty pretty good I thought we would at least hold our own and have a winning record maybe make the playoffs and maybe win one playoff game get eliminated the next who knows I didn't think we were going to win the Super Bowl because I mean we had new virtually anything so I think the people that are the most upset about this are the ones that had Super Bowl aspirations that's fine whatever but this has gone so far south like nobody predicted this I don't know where to put it no, I don't know where to put us nobody predicted this and that's what's so frustrating because it really genuinely seems like we cannot catch a break in any facet like when it comes to injuries I mean last night with the muffed punt like with anything that's luck related I guess the only thing we won last night was the coin toss for overtime even the luck based things we can't be on the good side of we cannot catch a break in any facet I don't know when you know that's gonna stop because it's it's kind of becoming a little unbearable and it's making this team very hard to watch. I'm going to continue watching them, but holy cow, if, I mean, they're just breaking my heart right now. You gotta, you gotta make sure you stay out of that pit or you're going to always stay in that pit. I guess at least the one somewhat positive thing, I guess you could say it's positive or it's negative, but based on how the Broncos are performing this season, they are not going to get a single primetime game next season. So congratulations. Okay with that. Con yeah. Congratulations Broncos for earning yourself no primetime games for the 2023 season. I'm going to play the devil's advocate on this because after this reaction, there have been some calls for tradings of players. And I don't want to say I agree, but I definitely think we're in a bad spot and we need all the young talent that we can get because George Patton's Chapaton. I don't know why I say Patton. He is really good at drafting. So there are some players that I could see eyeing and letting go that are kind of maybe not fit for this team anymore because honestly, I think we sold our soul to Russell Wilson. I don't know if there's a way out of it anymore. I think we sold our soul to him for the next six years. Actually, that's kind of a good transition here into our fan questions because there are a lot of questions that I received about trading players, but we will get there shortly. The first question comes from Ayolu818. They ask, why are they always so close? close and mess up at the end. Are they even trying? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, 
That's a tough one. I really like this question. Yeah, that's and I do too. And the thing is, it's that's what's probably the most frustrating aspect of it is we've had so many chances to win and we have just choked it away. And like the amount of opportunities we've had to win. In overtime last night, I thought we had a guaranteed win because of just the where we were on the field, the Chargers had punted and we had not that far to go, but we just had absolutely shit the bed and couldn't even move the ball and then it was just a back and forth punting between two teams in overtime and unfortunately we got the short end of the stick and ended up losing to a injured kicker in overtime so hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Love that. Sorry, she kind of went off again. Oh, t- stop. <laughs> I'm angry. I'm, I'm going ang- to answer this question in, a, in like a statement I said earlier. I honestly think it's the halftime adjustment thing. That's my theory. I just, I think our halftime adjustments are terrible and other teams are better at that than us. I don't know why we're so bad at that, but no, is it that we crumble after halftime? No, yeah, we crumble. Or we is definitely it, crumble. Or is it just the fact that Hackett and his coaching staff are so stubborn that they don't make any adjustments? They just want to stick to their guns and prove that they're correct, And which through six weeks, they clearly are not. If that's the case, he needs to be fired like ASAP. We don't need a coach like that. That's a terrible mindset, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, I mean, at what point will they even consider, you know, switching up the play calling because we've talked about this before if you look at Hackett's staff it's a all basically across the board except for like Dom Capers and stuff it's a young inexperienced staff so if Hackett were to be fired like it's kind of a struggle to figure out who would take over as head coach because the current offensive coordinator Justin Otten has no head coaching experience whatsoever if anything hand the play calling over to Clint Kubiak it's not the best case scenario but we got to change something up because I know Clint Kubiak called plays for the Vikings a couple seasons ago. Something just isn't working right now and we can't keep continuing on expecting change to happen. We actually need to make the change. Yes, I agree with that statement because we're wasting a very young, talented defense. Yeah, not only are we wasting their time, but we keep losing players every game, so who knows who we're going to lose next and how depleted this defense is going to get. I hate being a narcissist and sounding like that, but seriously, something, something needs to be done. I think that's just pure bad luck. Honestly, do you remember when San Francisco had something similar happen to them? It took them years to get out of that injury bug. It took them like three years, I believe. I'll cry if that happens to us. I will genuinely cry. Wyoming Marine asks, what should Denver do before the trade deadline to fight injuries and help get over the hump? That's a big question. (laughs) Okay, Dalton Chaotic take time. Go. Trade away Jerry Judy while his value is still somewhat high. (sighs) 
that's quite the bold take there, but I'm kind of worried. I know, I know Judy has been a little bit of a pain in the ass lately. Like, he's been mad that he hasn't been getting targets, whatever. I know, I don't know if people saw last night, he and Melvin Gordon were having kind of a heated discussion about how, how bad the team was on the sideline. You'll probably find that video online somewhere, but I, that just worries me because, yeah, I mean, yeah, we can get some trade value out of him right now, but what if he goes off to another team and just absolutely succeeds and blows up and just becomes kick-ass? That's fantastic for him. I would rather him do that than be terrible on our team. He's not terrible. It's just, he's definitely not lived up to the hype that Corlin Sutton and Tim Patrick produced, and Tim Patrick and, and Cortland Sutton produced under bad quarterbacks. Jerry Judy really didn't. He just looks really good at route running, and that's phenomenal, but if you don't catch the ball, I'm so sorry. There's not much space for you on the team, which I love Jerry Judy. I just think that John Elway, we should shed the John Elway draft classes and he is one of those John Elway draft class. He's the last John Elway draft class, I believe. And I think it'd be a good idea to just kind of like start rotating them out. I get what you mean there. Yeah, it's it's tough, honestly. Honestly, I think Albert O might be on the trade block and might be on his way out because his snaps have declined so dramatically. He either is in somebody's doghouse or something like that. And I'm not fighting for him to stay on the team. I honestly don't think he's that good of a tight end. I think he can block or something like that but he kind of has bricks for hands and he just honestly I wish we would have included him in the trade package rather than Noah Fant whatever I think he might be on his way out I don't know if there's any teams right now that are desperate for a tight end and I don't know what kind of draft capital he could garner like what like what kind of draft capital he could bring us because again he hasn't really done much yeah he's a big bodied tight end but I don't see us getting any more than maybe a fourth like I, anything, we'd probably get like a fourth, fifth, or sixth for him, if that. So I don't know. I I do think that the Broncos will do something here before the trade deadline, and something kind of feels weird in my gut that something big might happen. Like something pretty shocking will happen. If we trade away Patrick Sertain, I will riot. I am I'm going to lose my mind if we trade that man away. I will too. I know he's probably off the trade block, but just some wild scenario he gets traded. I will lose my mind. There's gotta be like close to zero chance, right? Because we are already so hurt he's, at cornerback. He's an island. He's literally just an island corner. Nobody throws his way at all. Yeah, so don't do it, George Payton. If you're listening which you're probably not. Don't do it. <laughs> but I will say, what is what do you what do you believe Jay, Jerry Judy's trade value is? Because George Patton is pretty good at trading away and fleecing GMs for wide receivers. He's done that a couple times, so I think he could do it again. I think Jerry Judy's value is a second to third round pick. I say no higher than the third. You don't think a second? You don't think George Patton could do it? Uh, I think he could probably fleece somebody, but I think that teams will really stick to their guns, knowing how desperate the Broncos are for draft picks. So yeah, will Raj? Ask asks, who was at fault for the muffed punt? Montreal, Washington, PJ Locke. I don't know who to be mad at. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, here, let us help you direct your anger. No, we're not going to do that. But Montreal, that, that ending one, honestly, was the Chargers fault. That's, I, <laughs> I, I believe that. I don't, I don't, I don't know the rules because I'm going to be real. The officiating in that game was, was dog. It was dog trash. It was terrible. Oh. Um, but that muff punt wasn't Montrell's fault. He got bumped. He was he's looking up and he got bumped by PJ Locke, who was getting pushed by a Chargers player into him, which should not be allowed. You shouldn't be able to do that. I feel like 
if with how soft the NFL is now, because dear God, the NFL is soft. Yeah, they just need to figure out and actually be consistent with their flag throwing and what's a penalty and what's not. I honestly thought it was a penalty. So I wasn't too worried at first because even watching it happen in real time before it was slowed down, I saw that we had a guy pushed into Montreal after he did the fair catch signal. But apparently just, you know, with the Broncos being on the bad side of luck again, we didn't get the call in our favor. And I know Montreal Washington took some of the blame. He said he needed to scream louder or something like that. But honestly, I think it just kind of ties into the main theme of the Broncos this year that we just, we come out in every game looking so undisciplined and just not ready. We, a lot of people on Twitter have said that we just are making high school-like mistakes. I mean, I've seen high school football teams more coordinated sometimes, and it's just, I'm just confused, and I'm frustrated. (laughs) Idel CHVZ asks, should Melvin Gordon get traded or cut? What do you think, Dalton? Trade if possible, but I don't know who would want to trade for him at the moment. Yeah, I think with his fumble issues, he's kind of tanked his trade value, and from what I can tell, there is some tension going on between Melvin Gordon and the Broncos, and I think Hackett addressed it in his presser earlier today, that they are having a conversation. I think Cam Akers on the Rams would probably take priority over him in terms of other teams if they're looking for a running back. You'd probably see Cam Akers go somewhere before Melvin Gordon went anywhere, but I would not be surprised if Melvin Gordon is on his way out at some point. Personally, also think he's on his way out the door. I don't know why he's so upset over being benched. I'm going to call it being benched because he got benched. Because he literally sucked. He sucked since the start of this. He you did this to yourself. You did, you did this to yourself, buddy. We had to find better options. Williams got hurt. Mike Boone is definitely not going to be the number one. And you fumbled too much. We have to figure something out. I'm so sorry. Like, I loved you when we signed you. And I loved you on the Chargers. I thought you were a really cool player. It's like you feel somewhat entitled to the starting spot. I don't know what it is about that. But ironically, Latavius Murray, I think, got a majority of the carries last night and he looked pretty good <laughs> from what I could tell for the, for the little time we ran yeah for the tiny amount that we actually did run our last question comes from Kevin J Potter they ask should Russ be sat to let his injuries heal seems like anyone could do better um Ooh, Brett Rippin yeah you know honestly saying anyone could do better is kind of not entirely sure if I agree with that considering the fact you could put John freaking Elway back there like peak John Elway back there or peak Peyton Manning back there and they would still struggle in this offense well honestly Peyton would have probably taken over his own little play calling duties by now and he probably would have taken it upon himself to fix it himself but I'm saying you know just them as a player and how good they were this offensive line is not allowing any quarterback to do jack shit right now (laughs) so I don't know who you could plug in back there but I don't think they do as well so I think we're honestly just in it for the long haul now if because I think we could sign re-sign Mike Munchak right now. <laughs> yeah, he's not in it. He's not with anybody right now. Think he'd, you think he'd come back? You think if George Payton gave him a good apology and a kiss on the cheek, he'd be like, please come back. <laughs> but regarding sitting Russ, depending on the severity of his injuries, he might be sat for the game against the Jets. I say sit him for at least a game, especially if his injuries are hindering the offense more than it is helping. If he's running around hurt and not 
performing at, you know, above 85-90%, just let him sit on the bench and heal. Because I know we did that with Peyton Manning when he hurt his foot. You know, it's like Gary Kubiak benched him out of mercy, almost, because that was the game against the Chiefs where he threw, like, five interceptions, and Brock Osweiler had to come in for a couple games just while Peyton Manning got better. I, I'm not saying this is a similar situation, but if it would help, like, if, if Wilson's injury is really hindering the offense, I say at least sit him for the game. I mean, if we're going against the Jets, it'll be an interesting game for sure. We'll get to that preview of the upcoming game here soon. If his injuries are as bad as we think, you might as well let Rippon try for a game. I think I'm going to make my decision once I know more about Russ's injury. I think the Jets game will determine a lot of that. I think during practice we'll this week, we'll figure out he'll probably be limited in practice. So Brett Rippon will get some shots with the ones this week during practice. So moving on to our preview of the upcoming game. The Broncos are having the Jets fly into town and the New York Jets, you would automatically assume that the New York Jets are not good, but they are kind of hot right now. Cougar Snatchers, Zach Wilson and company just beat the Packers and have a few more impressive wins under their belt this season. So I would not be surprised if the Broncos are underdogs heading into this game. Should be. Jets look really good. If the Jets make the playoffs this year, you know who's the the team that has not been to the playoffs in the longest time? Like, Uh, who's the team that hasn't? Us. Oh, God. Only us. Only us. We're the only team in the league that would be in that year. What about and the Lions? The Jets, they, they made the playoffs in 2016. Uh. The Jets are the only team that are beating us and being bottom feeding. Uh. Sorry I, to bring up that stat line. I really shouldn't have said that. I'm already depressed. Like yeah, I don't like being negative, but I just felt like I needed to say that. Heading into the game, the Broncos are obviously very injury prone and very depleted. So regarding predictions and players to watch, I don't even know what to expect slash predict honestly. I know it'll be a home game and having the home crowd is always nice, but I honestly, I don't know. I don't know what to expect slash predict because again, there's the question that lies if if we do go with Wilson and he ends up hindering, do we end up pulling him or letting him stay in the game? Or do we just not even start him this game and let Rippon do it? That's kind of going to be the burning question from now until Sunday. So I guess that's just kind of where we are right now. I can't like give you a solid answer on what the outcome of the game will be. I can give you a prediction. Oh really? Yeah. The the stands won't be full this time. <gasps> Gotta act. <gasps> I don't dare I say it. This happened under Vance Joseph, remember? But we still we have a, a sellout streak that's kinda going. People just don't show up. They buy the tickets but they don't show up. That's what I'm saying. That's what I meant to say. They just, I feel like some people just won't show up to this game. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, you could probably do something better, like maybe run errands, watch paint dry, whatever. Something, anything's better than what's going on with the Broncos right now. <laughs> I'm obviously sure. kidding. So I guess just briefly, Dalton, any predictions slash players to watch? I kind of said that I don't really have a prediction, but I guess regarding players to watch, I guess keep an eye on the defense again. Let's see how long they can, you know, keep the ship from sinking. Cortland Sutton. Why? He's probably going to get matched up against the GOAT, my favorite cornerback out of the draft, Sauce Gardner. I love him. I'm so excited to watch him play, honestly. I know that's so sad of me to say because I'm a Broncos fan, but he's so cool. I knew he was going to be goaded. And I call Baron Browning being goaded. That man is literally just a monster. Yeah, I love Baron Browning. I still will say this, and I will die on this hill, that George Payton's first draft as GM of the Broncos could arguably go down as one of the best in Broncos history, next to the 2012 draft, but we have gotten so much value out of each draft pick for George Payton's first draft with
this, it's astounding. I mean, I think each player has had put in some sort of work or has made some sort of, has had some sort of capacity with the team in some way. So it's honestly remarkable that draft yeah, that he wanna, had. Do you want to hear the list? Do you want to hear the 10 player list? I forgot this draft had 10 players and I forgot George Payton stacked up for this draft. Yeah, this, he killed it. Every player, every player is incredible. First one is Pat Sertain, literally a top three cornerback in the league right now. Next is Javante Williams. We Ooh. know how he is when he plays. Quinn Mi- Miners, who is Ooh. like our only good offensive lineman right now. Baron Browning. Ooh. Oh, no. Caden <laughs> Stearns. Oh, Ooh. my goodness. Down. Jamar Johnson. I think he's gone. He got we cut. don't want to talk about yeah. that. So let's say like 90% good draft. <laughs> Seth Williams. He's not bad. He's, he's on the good. practice squad, right? Carrie mm-hmm. Vincent Jr. He got cut, right? Yeah, but he had some sort of capacity. He was on the team for a while but he made some plays jonathan cooper that's another good pick that's a late round pick and defensive end marquis spencer who i also don't believe is on the team anymore I think his was kind of more injury related, so I don't yeah, know if that's kind of his fault. But damn, George. That draft class, he nailed He nailed most of them. Ooh. And he's honestly kind of nailing the ones this year. I hate to say it yeah, so, so far. I'm, 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 I'm going to say it because I don't think... I, I'm going to give Damari Mathis credit where credit's due. <laughs> I don't think... He, he got bullied last night, but he I think he can develop. He shows signs of being a really good corner, so I'm going to give him a chance. Yeah, I don't think the refs were really on our side because there were some PI calls that were really kind of hokey, but yeah, we're not going to talk about that. But yeah, Broncos fans are a little upset that we don't have that many early round draft picks, but I'd say don't sweat it because we've seen what George Payton can do in mid and late round draft picks, so don't get too upset over the fact he's going to kill it again. I think he looks into a glass ball and like rubs it and he's like, who do I draft? (laughs) There's no way that dude drafted Pat Sertain his first year with no quarterback on the team. I'll be real. That was one of the like, I'm that dude moments. Like he was like, watch this. I'm that dude. I'm not drafting one of these quarterbacks. I'm drafting Patrick Sertain. And oh my God, if I don't love him for it. Yeah. And thing is, Justin Fields was right there. And honestly, people predicted that we were going for Fields. And then he's like, plot twist, (laughs) Sertain. That selection has obviously significantly helped us. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Broncos Bench Podcast. The Broncos Bench Podcast will be released weekly every Tuesday. And we hope you will tune in for future episodes as the season progresses. If you have any comments or suggestions, let us know. We want to make this podcast as fun and enjoyable as possible for our listeners. Once again, I am your host, Rachel Strand. And I am Dalton Coble. Thanks for listening, and go Broncos! Thank you for listening to the Broncos Binge Podcast, a part of the Mile High Report Podcast Network. Make sure to follow at RachelNFL and NFL Dalton on Twitter for more Broncos news and content.